0: Welcome to Gritability, a podcast about the power of perseverance, overcoming seemingly insurmountable odds to attain the life of your dreams. I am your podcast host, Adam Clausen, and with me is the beautiful, extraordinary, and incredibly radiant Roe Clausen.
1: Why, thank you. Good morning. I'm excited for this episode. Do you mind if I take the lead on this one?
0: Take it away.
1: Okay. So just a few days ago, we celebrated our first... Wedding anniversary. How exciting, right? So I thought it would be fun to talk about, well, first of all, the fact that we actually got married (laughs) because for many years while you were in prison, we called each other husband and wife. And I think we did it to define our level of commitment. However, I learned like very recently before you got home that I don't want to say it was disrespectful, but it, we were very lucky that we weren't legally married while you were inside because there was this extra layer of stress and drama that actual legally married prison wives had to go through, like stimulus checks back you know, in 2020. How do we split that? Does he get one? Do I get it? Do I not get it? Because he's in jail, that type of stuff. So finally, we did it. And I think we need to tell that story.
0: How we officially
1: got married. Uh, Didn't and then did. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then I think we'll talk about, you know, how we made it through your marriage and give any kind of tips because it's been 15 years. We've just been married for one.
0: Exactly. And that has been a little bit confusing because I always, I have always referred to you as my wife. Well, I'm not going to say always. I'm going to say for many, many years and... I'm not sure at what point that that term changed from like girlfriend to wife. Um, but at some point, I mean, you were making the trip six and a half hours each way coming up to see me. Um, often like during the summer, like every other week. You did that a lot. And to me, it was just like the the amount of sacrifice was just incredible uh so i i couldn't see like that's my girlfriend
1: yeah i get it and it
0: was just insufficient
1: yeah and i remember i just followed your lead i just i was like oh i'm his wife i guess he's my husband but so when you did come home you met this very dear friend now this woman who Mm -hmm. was up to become a judge and I will, I vividly recall this, at least this is how the story went in my memory. We're sitting out to lunch. It's her, her husband, you and I, and she's like, so you have to tell me when did you guys get married? And in her words, she's like, you got all sheepish and shy and said, well, we're not legally married. And she was actually up to become a judge. She's an attorney. She was up to become a judge at that point. And she's like, oh girl, you could be my first wedding when I become a judge. Can I do it? And I was like, of course and she goes no no no, I'm serious and at the same time like I'll be your wedding planner (laughs) and then she took a couple steps back she's like I mean if you want me to be and I was like listen I could care less about a wedding I'm not the little girl that dreamed about my wedding dress since I was eight years old like go for it because if you don't do it we're not going to ever do it and it was great because fast forward she's helping us plan this wedding and we had all of these obstacles in our way that we tried to cancel probably five times on her because we decided we were going to get married on February 13th. This lunch took place December or early January and she's like, February 13th, we got this. Okay. Because 213 symbolized the amount of years that you were sentenced to. So it was just like a very symbolic day for us. It represented strength, still does, represents strength and tenacity and gritability. So, First things first.
0: Well, I I just want to say. Yeah. Like we established 213 years ago.
1: Yes. We used to celebrate that because it was President's Day weekend so I could come visit you. Mm. So we would make a long weekend out of it.
0: And we had always talked about like officially memorializing that day. Yeah. On the other side, anticipating my release at some point in the future, we're going to get married on this day.
1: Yes. And I'm glad you said that because... It didn't happen. (laughs) But there's a beautiful story around it. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But you and I... Oh, go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say, yeah. Our anniversary is not 213. And although I thought I'd be disappointed about that, I'm not.
1: I'm not either. Okay. I don't necessarily love the the date of our anniversary. I think it's a little bit cheesy, but it's our anniversary and I love it. And I love how... Ellie, our judge friend, reframed it for us because what happened was, so, okay, here it is, early January, we're starting, Ellie's planning our wedding, and I'm just like, do you, girl? I don't care. Like, this is going to be beautiful. It doesn't matter. And he-
0: I was like, thank God. Somebody's yeah. taking the lead here because I really, I was lost, And I, overwhelmed.
1: and and just like that wasn't our priority we were fine not being married but at this point we had a six-month-old like it would be a little bit easier to be married not that it's hard nowadays to not but like it just be it would be easier you know so she's pushing it and
0: and and props to ellie like how she was juggling her own family her two little ones her career you know Um, I guess, auditioning to become a judge. She had to go through the whole interview process, like everything that came along with that. And she's like, oh, by the way, yeah, I'm going to plan your wedding, wedding planner. And I want to be the officiant of this. If i get elected or if i get nominated for this position
1: yeah and i doubt she said this but in my memory i remember her being like and it's the only reason i want to become a judge like it's the only good part of it (laughs) like just obviously that's not true but this is the story going on in my head so Uh you had this huge business deal that was about to go through so that's what we were counting on to mm. get the venue and we were going to send out like the invites and it wasn't going to be huge, but it wasn't going to be small. You know, we were going to have probably a hundred people. Would have been nice it was going to gonna be at, can I say where it was going to be? Where sure. we envision, envisioned it like at Ferguson's outside. We were going to do upstairs. It was going to be great.
0: COVID, right? COVID was During a concern. COVID, nobody, so we want, couldn't, yeah. nobody wanted to be inside. Beautiful outdoor venue. It was in the area that I was actually looking at that time. To do a development, you know, that was at the foundation of this whole project. Yeah, uh, and it was overlooked housing. that. Yeah, we would have been right there and. Yeah.
1: So business deal falls through. So we call Ellie and we're like, "Listen, we're not going to do it. We could just wait until two thirteen next year. Not a big deal." She's like oh, hell no. (laughs) She's like, do you care where it is? You guys haven't cared about anything all along. We're like, well, not really. She's like, okay, get me 10 people or less, and I'm gonna get you a room at the Cosmo, and we're gonna do this. So she calls in some favors. She gets us the room. We're like, guess it's still happening. Okay, cool. So next things up, we find out that February 13, 2022 is Super Bowl Sunday.
0: Oh, yes.
1: So we called Ellie and we're like, we can't do it. We're going to have to do it next year. And she's like, why? <laughs> oh, it's Super Bowl Sunday. And she goes, do you care about the football game? I'm like, no. Adam's not a huge football fan. She goes, me neither. 213 at the Cosmo. We'll see you there. 10 people or less. So we're like, OK. So we start inviting Adam's mom, my dad, a couple of really close friends. We got our 10 people. Now we're about two weeks prior to February 13th we take the baby we get them all in the little carrier we drive over to Lone Mountain we go out in front of the car right we're outside of the trunk and we go to take a picture and this man's like oh let me help you you don't have to take a selfie I'll take the picture for you so he takes the picture for us we're like thanks so much lock the doors climb to the top of the mountain crazy part of the story is there's this guy up there with a drone that adam starts talking to he takes drone footage of us at the top Mm. of the mountain all through down the mountain the parking lot you name it so it was a quick trip low mountains not hard it was up and down the mountain we were done maybe like what 40 minutes you'd say
0: A, a little bit more i mean we took our time at the top probably an hour okay
1: an hour from the time we took that selfie got to the top of the mountain got back to the bottom of the mountain Now, Adam's getting the stuff in the trunk of the car. I'm walking around the back of the car to get the baby into the passenger side. And I look down on the floor. I'm like, why the hell did Adam park on all this glass? What the hell was he thinking? And then I look up and you saw it first. You're like, they shattered our window. So our window got shattered. Piecing it all back together, the guy that took our picture shattered our window and stole my diaper bag slash purse, which had my wallet in there, out of the car. So now, I mean, I have nothing, no credit cards, no anything, no.
0: No, that was all in the bag. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. That. Yeah. Uh, okay, thanks for clarifying, because the diaper bag doubled as my purse, which had my wallet in there, so that all got stolen.
0: Which, let's, let's be specific, what was in that wallet? Because this is...
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is why I'm telling the story. Yeah. So everything, but also my ID, which is still oh. a New Jersey ID so
0: everything I, you social name it. security card yeah everything. credit cards everything like all the stuff you're not necessarily supposed to have with you all the
1: time well i learned a lesson <laughs> <laughs> but i didn't know and it was all in the wallet the wallet gets stolen so Uh-oh. we call ellie and we're like weddings off we don't have an id she's like okay listen you live in las vegas you can get a marriage license literally, I am not exaggerating, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. Get your license resent to you. It doesn't matter if it's the day of the wedding. We can get the, I'm sorry, get your driver's license sent to you. doesn't matter if it's the day of the wedding. We can get the license. That's not a big deal. You guys got this. So we're like, she's not letting us get out of this. <laughs> we're doing it. Okay. So now, I get the license sent to my father's house. My father overnights it to me. We're good. We go get the marriage license like three days before 2.13, our wedding. The Friday before, this is on Sunday, the Friday before, we go to pick up my dad from the airport. And I'm like, Adam, I don't feel good. Run out of the car, run inside the airport, get sick, come back. And like the rest of the weekend, I'm just shot. I don't know if I had the worst stomach bug of my life. I don't know if I had food poisoning. I have no idea what I had, but I couldn't get out of bed for days. So Sunday morning, I could not get up. I couldn't get out of bed. And Adam pulls me aside and he's like, listen, like this is our one-shot deal. Ellie cashed in all these favors. We have to try to do this. My dad pulls me to the other side and he's like, bro, you don't have to do this just because I'm here because like I'm trying to rally, but I feel horrible. I said, thanks guys. Let me get in the shower and I'll see how I feel. I get in the shower.
0: Let me tell the story. Go ahead. Because yeah. I had stepped out and give you some room to get ready. And I'm just like, man, I don't know. You were not in good shape. And I said, Well, let's let's see how she feels. Maybe a shower will help, but if it had been a long night, you had been really, really sick, and you still didn't seem very well that morning. So after giving you some time. I figured, let me go back in here. Let me check on her and make sure she's okay.
1: Well, like the best husband you are, you went and got me Pedialyte and some crackers. (laughs) And then I think you were coming back in to bring me the Pedialyte.
0: That might have been it. And when I opened the door, you were laying there On the bed in a towel crashed out
1: blow dryer in hand like Uh. trying to get ready i just couldn't and we called ellie and she was trying she's like why don't you just come like you don't have to get ready just come with your hair wet no makeup and i was like no i'm sorry like i cannot i can't remember my wedding like that i can't she's like you don't even have to put on a dress you could just wear like jeans and a t-shirt and i'm like even if i did that like i can't even stand up yeah. I couldn't stand up for more than a couple seconds at a time. I had to go get sick. I hadn't eaten in four days. It was tough. So she's like, okay, no problem. She kind of had to cave and let us not get married that day. But the next day, the next morning, she calls and she's like, how you feeling? And I was like, actually, I'm okay. Like, I finally feel better. Had a little bit of food. Had a little bit of, a little bit of drink. She's like, you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, let's rally. We got this. Our parents were still here. Unfortunately, our really good friend slash your attorney –
0: yeah, he, La- he, his wife, and his kids were oh. here. They all really wanted to be a part of it as well. And we wanted
1: them a part of it because like they're a, just the symbolism. They're first of all, they're huge, good friends. But a huge
0: part of our story. Yeah,
1: they're the reason why we're here. You're here. We're here. So anyway, so got dressed, got ready. I wasn't feeling 100, but we were – it was great. And this is crazy. Talk about manifestation. There's this beautiful park with this little kind of archway across the street from our house and –
0: Like literally across the street Yeah. where we walk by there all the time. We drive by every day coming in and out of where we live. We have to go by this spot. And we had numerous times previously in walking through here on some of our hikes because it's at the base of the mountain. It's absolutely beautiful. And we said.
1: Well, you said the very first time we saw it, which was a year, what a year, a year and a half prior, you said this would be a great place for us to get married talk about manifesting, right? You didn't have to get like the whole virus part to make it happen. But anyway, so so we get married there and it was beautiful. But Ellie, in part of her uh, sermon, I don't know how you say it, speech, whatever she was, you know, when she was performing the ceremony, she said, and it was beautiful. And it's so perfect. She said, you know, they had planned on 213 because of the symbolism of that day, but it just wasn't meant to be because all of that, was I have chills telling the story. All of that was meant to stay in the past. And today, two fourteen symbolizes the first day of the rest of your lives, moving forward and leaving all that in the past. And I was like, you nailed it. Because now, like, I, for me personally, and I don't mean this to anybody else, it's just my preference, like, a Valentine's Day anniversary, I feel like, for me, was a little cheesy. So she made it all okay.
0: She did. Loved it. She killed it. She... uh she was amazing all the way through, and I am so grateful um, th- that she was able to do that for us.
1: A hundred percent, and she's so cute because she sent us a little message this year. She put it on Facebook, and she sent us a text that said "Happy Accidental Anniversary," <laughs> which I love. But so we finally we made it a whole year from then, and I think that I think it would be fun to talk about. Good,
0: we, we made it we made it. <laughs> we made it like those however many years before that.
1: Yeah, like they didn't count. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we need to talk about how not only did we make it, like we we thrived and we've had some kind of crummy situations happen Oof. throughout yeah. The year that we've been married and the year and a half since you've been home. I mean, throughout our whole relationship, but I think we were able to use our credibility to be able to not only get through those situations, but to not let it come between us. We don't fight. We don't argue. We don't yell at each other. Do we have points that we disagree on? Sure. But we talk through it. We get through it. We don't have those typical marital issues that a lot of people talk about or complain about so i think we need to talk about that but i think before that we need to talk about like that's out here But we also did 11 and a half or 12 something years while you were incarcerated. And we had to figure out how to nurture this relationship, make it thrive, keep romance alive, celebrate things like Valentine's Day, birthdays, holidays, while we were confined. And we had so many restrictions around what we were able to gift each other, how we were able to communicate with one another. So why don't we start there?
0: That's a great place to start.
1: Okay. So...
0: Where do you want to start? You want to start with some of those gifts, like how we did that, how we celebrated?
1: I think that's a great idea because I think we need to give a background on what we were able to give Because I was especially, uh, well, you, we were both very limited and had to get really creative. Yeah,
0: both, both ways.
1: Yeah. So for me, the only thing I could give you was I could put money on your books, which is, I mean, that's great, but I could do that any day of the week. Like that's yeah. not, in, in my opinion, that wasn't all that special. So I could put money on your books. I could send you through Amazon. I could send you books, like physical books, like all of these on the shelves. I mm-hmm. could send you photos. So I could get creative with photos, which I did. And I could send you emails i got creative with emails a couple of times <laughs> we'll talk through these what do you
0: was mean there... by creative
1: oh <laughs> um and then i'm but sure the other everyone thing... wants to know i i'll i'll get to that and the <laughs> other thing i could do was send send go visit you yeah and we did a lot of visits like this like president's day like i said was a federal holiday mm-hmm. so i could go see you for three days instead of two so that so um okay we'll get to the that part in a minute but I'm so freaking shy. Like, I had to have backup, but we'll get there. (laughs) So (laughs) I think as far as gifts, what was the best gift I ever think I ever sent you? Well, I did photos. I did a lot of, like you know sexy santa i did um oh
0: there was a bunch of
1: birthday there the was fun birthday, birthday photo, photo shoot shoots. where i took like the happy birthday sign and i like <laughs> draped it behind me we got really creative i took like a Which, cupcake with a candle blowing it out so sexy
0: i think i still have those do you i do nice the here's here's the thing because it, it's tough to save things in prison you know we've talked about this before uh although i came home With, you know, I had my little cart, I wheeled it out. I had boxes full of books, notebooks. There were some letters, some cards, some photos. But these were all things that are like closely regulated in prison. Like you're only supposed to have 25 pictures on your, you know, in your possession at any one time. 25 pictures. Now, over the course of 20 plus years, how am I supposed to pick... Choose 25 pictures to hold on to. I mean, that's come on,
1: and I would send you 25 in a pop, so
0: yeah. And and listen, this isn't you know, I think we all take it for granted now having a phone, being able to you know, just scroll through and look at all your pictures. Pick your top
1: 25. I could take 25 in one sitting, that's what I'm saying. Yeah,
0: like that's so for me, it was it was challenging not just to choose which ones to hold on to because I had more than 25 at a time. But I did have to keep limits on those. Um, So a lot of that stuff, I would have to, like gifts that you sent me, at some point, I often had to turn around and send them back out to you and ask you to hold on to them. Um, So I didn't even get to keep them.
1: No, but what's cool is I have those boxes in my attic. And when we moved everything from New Jersey here, like you got to look through that and see all that stuff. And... Not only the gifts that I sent to you and you sent back to me, but I you were sending me stuff from prison. we'll get there in a second. I just have a couple more I want to touch on that mm-hmm. I was able to send to you. But I actually have everything you ever sent me while you were inside. Oh, I have it. Oh, I have it in my purse. I actually brought like a prop, like a show and tell for today. But anyway, everything you ever sent me. And I did a whole video on our YouTube channel where I went through everything. But I'll let you get to that part. So... We did the sexy photo shoots. We did... Oh, I did a recreation of Rosie the Riveter because I'm saying that one.
0: Because she's right there behind you. Oh,
1: there it is. Yeah. And I put on there... What does that say? It says... I think we were like 10 years in at this point. So it was like... Well, I could just look at it. Hold on.
0: Yeah. Turn around look at it because it says right there on it.
1: Okay. It says... Mrs. 54213066, which was your prison number. Mm-hmm. And then across the top, it says, We can do it, just like the rosy picture. And then it says something like 10 years down, 203 to go, strong enough to wait forever.
0: Yes. And that's why it's on my vision board. Like that inspired me every single day.
1: Yeah. Okay. So we'll get a little after dark right now. Gritability after dark.
0: Gritability after dark. Hair codes.
1: So I was always so shy. So people always asked us about like our intimate conversations and phone sex and all that. I could never do it. Ever. Which I had to have a conversation with you one time because one of my girlfriends was like, you're depriving him. And I'm like, I don't even know what to do or how to do it or what to say. (laughs) And you told me, you're like, it's okay. It's awkward for me in here too. So... Now, after 11 years, this is Valentine's Day 2020, so it's right before the pandemic mm-hmm. and I enlisted the help of a girlfriend. I'm like, listen, you told me if I ever needed anything, you're really good at this. I need you to write a <laughs> I need you to write like a risque after dark email to Adam for Valentine's Day that's going to be his gift this year and she did, and then I had to edit it like a little bit. <laughs> It was like way out there. And I'm like, I can't, I cannot send this. I'm blushing just even thinking about hitting send. Well,
0: she had a little bit more experience. She
1: had a lot news. more experience and she was great. She was so gracious because she was a good friend of yours. So that had to be awkward, but she was like on it. Right. Yeah. So I edited it down a little bit and I sent it to you. And the kid sent it. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. What did I just do?
0: <laughs> See, now keep in mind. And here's part of what makes it awkward, right? We've talked about this before living just so transparently because of the scrutiny that not just I was under, our relationship was under. Like we had officers very, very closely looking through everything that was said, everything that was exchanged. So we know that they're reading this, right? And it's likely not just one. This stuff gets passed around. They're like, hey, did you see this email Clausen got from his wife? Like, you see her out here in the visiting room all the time, right? You've seen Roe Clausen.
1: That's awkward in itself. And then, like, I remember, I have Strong Prison Wives and Families, my nonprofit, and people online share stuff back and forth. And I had a whole bunch of people that this is so not legal and they shouldn't do this, but they can get away with it. Like, they would go recite some of their emails back to them,
0: Mm.
1: leaving and coming from visit. And I think, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I assume Mm. part of it was for her to go back and tell her loved one on the inside to start some issue with that cop so then they can get locked up, jail inside jail. You yeah, know, if there were some sort yeah. of problem because that's what happened with one of my girlfriends. So all of this in my head, plus like I have these like Catholic school issues. I could take the fe- sexy photo shoots all day long. I don't care about it. Ask me to put it to words, no thank you. So <laughs> so you get this 10 years or 11 years into this, you get this out of the blue email from me. What was it like? <laughs> like I need to know what on your end what that was like.
0: I'm, I'm trying – I remember the email um, because I printed it <laughs> and saved it <laughs> because I knew – It's not on the vision board? It's not on the okay. vision board. Thank God. But it was in that box that came home. Um, and I knew how difficult – what made it so meaningful was I knew how difficult that was for you, not only to put that together, but to go ahead and hit send, just – that's what made it that much more special because it wasn't even what was in there. It was the fact that you were willing to do that as something for me. Like That's what made it so, that, more than anything that was actually written, written in there was, was just the act itself.
1: What's awesome is I was, I just remember this right now as you were talking. Oh my God, this is so great for you guys listening. I was in the middle of recording a YouTube video that day when you called with your reaction and I recorded it and it's uh, yeah and it's up on YouTube and it's called like intimacy in a prison relationship or something like that and like I went into it being like oh my god I can't believe I said that and then you just so happened to call so if you guys want to like that's a great one for you guys to watch if you're interested in this but I just don't for sake of time I don't want to stay on that Mm -hmm. and for sake of like my (laughs) sweating over here and blushing Do you want to talk quickly about like the things that you were able to send me while you were in Mm, prison?
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Um, You know, I would say the most memorable, and this is a good story, the most memorable gift I was able to give you, uh, and I didn't even see it initially as a gift, because again, this is way outside of my comfort zone. Um, I had picked up a guitar was one of the things I was working on, learning on how to play a guitar. And believe it or not, I had a guitar in my cell. I had it checked out for like 90 days at a time. I could keep it in my cell. I was part of a you know, a music program where I, I had this guy who was an absolute savant teaching me music um, way over my head. And he used to get so frustrated with me as he'd go from like the piano to the guitar and he'd be like, don't you get it? And this guy literally saw music. Me, it's not my thing, right? Like, uh, But it was something that I wanted to learn. And part of this was I wanted to make a song, right? So the words I could put together, um, but playing the guitar, that was the first challenge. And the second part is singing. So, making the music and singing, right that's not that's way outside of my comfort zone, so um because I cannot sing admittedly.
1: can I interrupt real quick? Sure okay, <laughs> because i I want to say this part before you get to the actual day, okay, so remember, we had that couple that set us up, yes, and you guys you and her boyfriend were still together at that point, so I'm getting the inside part of the story filtered through what she's getting from him, right? Okay. And I'm getting this story. Now, this is our first Christmas together. So it's only a couple months into our relationship, right? So we got together in September. This is December. And he's going, well, we told him, like he, he can write the words to her. But if he doesn't sing it, it's just a poem. And so the story I got was like, everybody was taunting you. There's my jersey. Everybody was taunting you <laughs> about... Like, you got to sing it to her. If you don't sing it to her, what makes it different than a poem? It's just a poem. And I have to say this, too. The way that you write, just a normal, everyday email. My sisters used to say it all the time. If I let them read part of your email, they're like, it sounds like he's singing a song. Like, he's writing a song you write so well. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, that's is that true?
0: I write like I sing? No, I'm sorry. I, mean,
1: I, I just had too many. That
0: might be one of the best compliments ever.
1: Okay. That is true. I'm going to definitely confirm now that one. you can see why
0: this marriage is going to last, right?
1: <laughs> but is it true that they were taunting you and that's why you sang? I
0: wouldn't say they were, they were taunting me. Probably him, that one individual more than anyone else, was like, oh, you got to sing it. You got to sing it. And honestly, I, I think, and knowing the type of individual he was, like wanted to see me fall on my face. Like, of course. That's what he was hoping for.
1: But what I do love is the support that you had when you attempted yes. to do this.
0: so And I don't think he was anticipating this. So here's what happened. So I spend this time um, making up the chords that I feel like kind of fit this song that I've put together more or less as a poem. And that's pretty much how it was written. And, and I think that's how all songs are written, right? Um, I don't know, I don't have experience in these things. So I'm, I'm making it up as I go. And I write a simple chord structure um, with, a, a, with a, a loop, a refrain, right? And I feel good about it. I'm like, I got this thing together. But I feel good about it in myself, by myself, working on it, practicing it, singing it like quietly to myself, right? But that's not the plan, because the only way for me to give this to you is for me to do it over the phone, right? This isn't something I can do out in the visiting room. I can't bring a guitar out there. I'm not going to go out there and sing. So here's my plan. My plan is that I actually had the words um, drawn out and I was able to send that to you prior to Christmas.
1: I still have that and I showed it and read it in that video. Nice. Yeah.
0: So that gets to you. And my plan is first thing, Christmas morning, I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna wish you a Merry Christmas, and I'm gonna sing you your song. That's that's the big part of my gift. So the night before, I did a little gift giving of myself. And there's not a whole lot you can do in prison, but my guys, the guys that I'm tight with, you know, I put together little packages. I had these big Hershey bars that I was giving out, you know, little notes. Just, you know, words of appreciation. Um, and I went around, I handed them out to everybody. And I want to say I put like a ribbon, a bow on it. And believe me, little things like that in prison go a long way. Like nobody's giving gifts. So I go around, I give them out to to all my guys on the unit. And a couple of them I ask to to help me out in the morning. And generally on the holidays, like it's quiet, it's somber, people aren't really coming out. They're not, you know, they're just kind of leaving people be because understandably, like people kind of getting their feelings that day, they're missing home. And sometimes you, you just, you know, want to allow people that space. And that's what I was counting on. I was counting on everything being quiet, everybody being up, you know, in their cells, not really wanting to interact too much, first thing Christmas morning. So we run out, we go to breakfast, we come back and I tell these couple of guys, I was like, Hey, you guys ready? I was like, here's what I'm doing. I need you to hold me down on the phones. Now the phones are down in the corner of the unit and the unit's wide open. So no matter where you are with your chair, sitting watching TV, the phones are right there in the corner and the officer station is right there in the middle. So it's, wide open like this is there might as well be a spotlight so i go up to my cell i get my guitar i get the words to my song um just in case i get nervous and i start to forget the words and i go over to the corner phone now all four phones are open but it's christmas day right people are going to be calling home they're going to be talking to people part of the reason why i want to do this first thing i need these guys to hold it down and keep everybody else away from the phones While I sing this song, you know, like guys come to hold point. Let me just explain this. Like sometimes races while they're using the shower, like especially when tensions are high, will have someone out front of the showers holding point to make sure that that person on the inside is okay. Right. And there's different places, different times where you have people hold point, you know, to secure your position, kind of like military. And so I asked these guys, I need you to hold point so I can get on the phone and sing a song. So I get down there in the corner, I call you up and I can tell, you know, it's early, it's quiet. You're almost whispering. I wish you a Merry Christmas. And I tell you that, hey, I I have this song, your song, I'm going to sing it to you. And you're like, okay, go ahead.
1: I was in bed, you woke me up, it was great. I'm like, yeah, I'm sitting up like, okay.
0: So I get the phone, I set it down. It's right there, it's on an elevated, you know, it's basically where I'm standing. And I haven't practiced playing the guitar standing up. I practiced every time sitting in a chair. So this is awkward and I just realized this at the moment, I'm like, oh man, I'm not used to doing this. So I start start playing and I start singing. And I'm singing kind of low, but I'm trying to like face the the phone, the microphone, so that you can hear me. And these guys are looking at me, they're smiling. They're like, yeah, louder, louder.
1: You, you had the best wingman back then. I did. That You know who I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah.
0: The best, like and through and through. He's like, come on, bro, come on. So I'm trying to sing a little bit louder. Now, mind you, there are people out on the unit. The officer is about 10 feet away looking at me like, <laughs> Are you kidding me? (laughs) And then He looks up at the cameras like, I hope they're getting this on camera right now.
1: And then wasn't word spreading and like people are coming out on the tiers and it's getting packed and people are watching? That's the story I got. I
0: don't know if it was getting packed, but every person who was down there watching TV at that time, there's probably 30 people, all start like kind of looking over towards the phone. They're like, is this guy? Because I'm pretty serious. Like I'm not a guy that jokes around a lot, you know, so this is a side people have not seen of me. <laughs> so I'm I'm singing, right? They're telling me louder, so I'm trying to sing louder and I can't sing. <laughs> I don't have a good I don't have a good voice for singing, but I'm giving it everything I got, right? And these guys like they're starting to chuckle over there, but they also don't want to laugh too hard cuz they're like I don't know how this guy's going to respond like if we're actually just laughing at them. Like nobody wants to do that. So I get all the way through, right? And I'm, I feel myself, like my color. I gotta be bright red at this point. Like I'm embarrassed, but I'm like, it's all worth it. So I grab the phone back off the counter, and I go, so what do you think? And you're like, uh, I couldn't hear it. I heard nothing. I'm like, oh my God. Now here's the thing. Those phones have voice sensitive mics. So anytime it's away from your face, it automatically does not pick up. But I'm not thinking it. I'm thinking I'm projecting loud enough right at it. It's going to pick it up. She's like, I didn't hear nothing. And I'm like, oh my God. So these guys that are holding point for me are like, what's happening? I'm like, she said she couldn't hear it. And they're like, We'll do it again. I'm like, oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. I can't do this twice. The
1: disappointment in your voice though. uh, But so I'm saying you had the best hype guys, wingman, and not just in that situation, but in every situation back then. Those guys were great.
0: They were. They're a large part of the reason I'm here. Yeah. Too, because they also um, gave me support in other areas that I needed to ensure that things went the way that it needed to go. And, And it's, good part of the reason i'm here so yeah they're like listen man do it again bro we got you the guys over here that have been watching tv acting like they're not really looking like (laughs) kind of smiling they're like do it again (laughs) do it again i'm like oh my god and now there's people coming out right because i said it was quiet and you got people clapping and stuff they're like (laughs) what people that are in their cells are coming out like what the hell's going on out here man and they want to be mad, right? Because they're like, it's Christmas morning. Like, I don't want to hear nothing. And they come out and they see me with a guitar over by the phone, <laughs> propped up with this notebook. And now I got my, my brothers here holding the phone up for me. He's like, I got you. Mar- like, go ahead. Trying to hold it towards my mouth. And I'm like, let's do it again. And I did. So I, I went through it again. I sang the whole song. Oh, my God. And I got to the end, I was like, please tell me you heard that.
1: I heard nothing. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, you could just do it at visit, like oblivious me. Just sing it to me at visit. I was trying anything because uh, yeah. you were so disappointed.
0: Yeah, it was. And I had practiced and I was so. And, and for me back then, remember, I still had that paralyzing fear of public speaking. So this wasn't just public speaking like this was long before I had even, you know, gotten any training, had exposure, opportunity to work on the public speaking where I, where I'm comfortable now. I'm still I'm an extreme introvert. Yeah. So here I am like putting myself on blast, doing something I'd never done before. And I think for me there was a realization in that. I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm in trouble, man." Like cuz there's no one else that I would do this for. Oh.
1: Well, and I think that that just speaks volumes to the lengths that we go to see each other smile. And those are a couple examples of what we did on the inside. I mean, I have so many more listed in my notes, but I just don't think we have time to go through them. And I think that the lesson in this one for our listeners is how we transition that from inside to outside, because that's where people can really learn from. And when you were inside towards the end of your well no it's when you first moved to the medium facility and there was this assistant warden who was amazing and she recommended a book to you that you recommended to me called the five love languages by dr gary gary chapman right we just had to look up his name the other day because we forgot his first name and that book stayed with me and that is my number one recommendation to any couple looking to strengthen their relationship and make it last forever now it does have a little bit of a religious connotation that, like, I kind of just look past because I'm not a very religious person, but that didn't stand in the way for me. Like, it didn't ruin it for me or anything like that. Um, and basically, in a nutshell, what this book teaches you is that there are five different languages in which you hear, you receive, and you give love. So, for example, if my love language is, it's, is getting gifts or giving gifts, right? And Adam, my husband, we're, we're not communicating well. And he's like, listen, what do you mean? I painted the house for you. You asked me to paint the house. And I'm not hearing love like that because I'm hearing or I'm receiving love as gift giving. But maybe his act of giving love is acts of service. So that's why he's like, I painted the house. So if we learned each other's love language and how we help be- that... And express it in the way that the other person receives it then it's going to strengthen your relationship so that's like a really botched version of
0: no no no. that was an excellent explanation and i would say the two disparate languages are like giving gifts and words of affirmation sure right so like people who rely so like they could care less about the actual gift receiving something they just need to hear certain things and vice versa and if you don't know that about your partner and more importantly, if you're not, I'm going to say even more importantly for the longevity of your relationship, for the health, the well-being for, for each of you long-term, if you're not paying attention to all of those love languages, because although we have a primary, we still touch on all of them, right? Oh, good point. And you want to make sure that you're you're touching each one at some point. Because if you're not, like something's getting neglected and you might not realize, but that might be a point of separation within your relationship.
1: Miscommunication, all that stuff. And what's great about this book too, and this isn't sponsored, they don't know who we are.
0: Unless they would like to sponsor us.
1: We would love that. (laughs) Because honestly, like the minute I find out a family member or friend is engaged, that's what they get from me for either an engagement present or at their... Wedding shower with our gift because that's how important this book was to our relationship. And what's great about it is there are offs of it, right? So it's like the five love languages for a military couple, the five love languages for a man, for a woman, this and that. And you can find them all on Amazon and it's definitely less than $20. It might even be less than $10. And what I thought was interesting, right? And what I still ponder is, is there did our love languages kind of morph or shift or go on hold when you were in prison? Because there were certain things we couldn't do, for example, acts of service. Like if that was my love language, language, was it isn't. But like you wouldn't be able to paint the house for me or take out the garbage or do the dishes at that point. So I was always curious about okay. that. And I think that there needs to be a five love languages for prison couples that we consult on.
0: I think that's a great idea because right? there is definitely there is a distinct difference between um I'm not gonna say a distinct difference. There are aspects that uh, you know, obviously we um handle differently from inside to what we do now. And I appreciate getting to utilize all of those other languages in a more holistic manner.
1: And I yes, thank you. And that's where I was going because I think Think a big part of what made our relationship and makes our relationship thrive. But especially over that first year of marriage where a lot of people say like that's the hardest and there's a lot of fighting and if you make it through that, you can make it through blah, blah, blah. We didn't have that because I was thinking about this in the shower the other day and this is where the thought for this episode came up is that you've nailed every single one of those. Like I can't think Mm -hmm. of one area, one love languages of all five that you neglect. And I'm like, what is my love language? Because since you've been home from prison, it's been so many years since I read that book that I'm like, I don't even remember what it is. And I'm like, wait, what does he do for me that I receive the most? You do it all.
0: Mm. Again, you see why this marriage is working, right? Um, but it is. I'm also very intentional about that. Like I'm, I'm conscious of the fact of... Overly conscious of all the sacrifices that you made. So I do go out of my way to constantly say, affirm, you know, all of those things that I appreciate about you to let you know how much I love you. Um, and I do those things that I know in a lot of relationships tend to be um, points of contention, whether it's like doing the dishes, cleaning up around the house. I'm like, listen, to to me, those are small things that I know if I'm doing all of those as much as I can, like that it's just appreciated because you always respond to that as well. So it it does go both ways. It's not only, you know, um, doing the things that you know that your partner needs or appreciates, but it's also than acknowledging those and i think that we do a very good job of that and that's where the communication comes in
1: absolutely and i think you just touched on so many things so of course there's the love languages which will definitely help but let's say you haven't read the book you don't have time you don't want to read the book right you just described compassion and empathy and even sometimes sympathy like i had to give up my abs for us to have a baby but i'm just kidding but like compassion and empathy Prior to just snapping, you know, everyone's going to be in mood, and you're going to snap sometimes you're going to get hangry, whatever it is. But I think we lead with that and we learned to lead with that for so long. Like I, I try to put myself in your shoes prior to just having an emotional reaction
0: mm.
1: and that's huge. And yes, communication and not just open and honest, like sometimes brutally open and honest that it's hard to communicate on that level, but also we promised each other from day one that we would never lie to one another. So I know that no matter what you tell me, I can work with because it's the truth. And I think a lot of times in other relationships, not just romantic relationships, where in my opinion is the most important, but in other relationships like Work relationships or friendships or family relationships, a lot of times you're presented with something that you're supposed to take as fact. But if you don't necessarily trust that person or if they've been dishonest with you in the past, then your first reaction is, well, is this the truth? Or do I have to uncover if this is a lie and then react to what I think it could possibly be? Like, that's not. That's not healthy, especially in a romantic relationship. And I've always said, like, I can work around and with and through anything as difficult as it is. We could do it together as long as it's the truth.
0: Mm. And I I feel like there are times where the challenges that we've faced out here, we've been able to kind of step back and I, I guess just know that we have each other. And know that we can say whatever is going on and be able to just do that openly, honestly, without any concern and feel safe, feel comfortable in that. Having that, like, in in my mind, that's what a marriage is all about. That's what any real partnership is all about. Um, Because you're going to have different relationships of different levels in your life. And when it feels like many of the relationships out here, you're finding yourself having to like pick through and find the truth and not having that same level of trust or, or respect. You have to have a safe haven, right? And I've always felt that our relationship is that. No matter what was going on on the outside, we could step back by ourselves and have the space and support that we each needed to, to just feel good moving forward.
1: Yeah. And I think once you do that, it takes a lot of the other things that couples will fight about off the table. So for example, you know, the communication and all that stuff, but something that couples fight about all the time is potential infidelity, right? Jealousy, that type of a thing. But if I know that you're being honest with me all the time, that's off the table. Like I know that you're being honest with me and something that you've been so good at doing, and maybe it's more I mean, it's you, but maybe it's more because we didn't have this in the past. But you check in with me all the time. Like, and I'll check in with you all day long. You know, not just like, hey, I'm, I'm leaving this appointment and I'm going here. But it's, hey, I missed you. I wanted to hear your voice while I was in between meetings.
0: Well, I'm, I'm going to say that's because it's genuine as well. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, not everyone has that same relationship.
1: Well, that's why I included that we didn't have that for so long. I couldn't just pick up the phone and call you ever. I wasn't, I didn't have the ability. I had to wait for you to call. We had 15 minutes to talk and then we would get cut off. And let me tell you, even though you have a minute warning and a 30 second warning, it never gets easier to just Mm. not hear your voice anymore. It's just like cut.
0: Well, we don't have to worry about that ever again.
1: No. Okay. So we have speaking to each other in your love language, if you know what it is and can figure it out or read the book, which I recommend, open and honest communication true transparency and honesty what am i missing what else did we do to get through the first year of marriage
0: to get through the first year of marriage not get so caught up on the gifts themselves on the things that we give each other but to more importantly to be there And when i say be there i mean be present give each other attention we're both very very good at that regardless of whatever else is going on um when either one of us says like can can you hear me for a second like i have something can i read this to you can i talk to you about this it's like putting everything else aside and giving that full attention and i don't think i don't think too many relationships too many people do that for each other
1: no, and also this just popped in my head when you said that. Like the other day, we heard it was like on TV or something I'm back when I don't remember what it was. But one of the people in the relationship said to the other one, like, "We need to talk," and you were like, "Oh," because that's gonna make somebody go into a conversation defensive, right? And even if I went to you and I was like, "We need to talk," and it was about something good, you're gonna like, <gasps> you're gonna catch your breath, your heart's gonna skip a beat, and be like, "Oh, great, like here's." here's something she's gonna drop a bomb on me so like you just said like hey can I just talk to you for a second or hey can you listen to me for a minute can I read this to you it's just in the way that you present things yeah so do you think it's it was easier to communicate and show love and respect and all of that stuff on our relationship while you were inside or out here
0: I'm going to say 100% out here, it's definitely easier. There was so many challenges on the inside in finding novel ways to demonstrate the love, the appreciation, um, especially limited time, communication, um, physical um, interaction, you know, like us being actually in person. We had so many limitations for such a long period. I have so much appreciation every single day now. And I think that's a huge advantage for us that we live with a different sense of gratitude just in our day-to-day lives. Yeah. Um which is why if I'm out and I and I have to be doing something and as soon as I'm done I'm like, "Man, I can't wait to get home."
1: Yeah.
0: And I I genuinely feel that. Um so yeah, we live from a different different place and Um, I I think that's a, a big advantage for us, but I think anyone can have that if they're intentional about it, if they're willing to do those things, to put in the time, to put in the effort, to be transparent, to openly communicate with one another. And it takes some time, man, go pick up a book, go pick up a book, spend the time to read that book. If your relationship is not, if you don't think it's worth picking up that book and reading it. Or doing something similar that you know is going to benefit both of you and enhance your communication and, you know, improve your love language, like, then why are you in that relationship?
1: Yeah, I agree. And just, you know, learn it from us. Like, I think that it is it is easier now, of course. But at the same time, I think that had we not had that experience, like, if, if I could give you guys this gift, right, shorten it don't make it take 11 years and don't make it, you know, surrounding a prison relationship. But I had to learn how to really, really, really communicate, which I don't know that I would have been able to do at that time had it not been for our relationship. So open and honest communication. And I got really, really creative. And I still do that to this day. Like I'll pack you snacks sometimes when you go to work and I'll put like, like, notes little notes
0: oh my and i saved the notes
1: i'm so happy because like that's like something you do for your elementary school (laughs) child but it's just fun for me you know and it brings us back to where we were so that's what i have for you guys do you have anything else to add
0: no i i know that there were other gifts that we wanted to talk about um but i think we could do a whole another segment on gifts from prison and the things that you can do and and the cool things um In addition to a song (laughs) some of the other things that we did over the years we could always talk about those i think more importantly we wanted to cover you know what allowed us as a couple um to really build our relationship and to thrive during this last year despite all of the challenges we didn't really talk about the challenges out here but you know i know people look at us and they're like, wow, you guys are doing great. Man, if they knew half the challenges, the adversities, the, the open opposition we have faced, all of those things that by comparison at this stage of our relationship, like all of that built us up to be well prepared for anything we face on this side. And the fact that we get to spend every day together um, just makes it all worthwhile.
1: Yeah, I mean, something happened last night to us that most marriages, because of this one issue and in divorce, neither of us even stressed about it. And it was something ridiculously stressful that we'll tell you guys about in the future. But we were just like, all right, let's figure out how to move on. I mean, we've been through the worst of the worst we got this. Like no challenge out here is going to even compare. So I think we're out of time for this episode. I'm going to throw are. this back to you real quick. If you want that other episode where we talk about all of those gifts and all that stuff, just either drop a comment or let us know in um, DM on Instagram at credibility. But I'm going to throw it back to you for closing it out.:
0: This has been another incredible episode of Gridability, a podcast about the power of perseverance, overcoming seemingly insurmountable odds to attain the life and the love of your dreams i'm your host adam clausen
1: and i'm roe clausen
0: we'll see you back here on the next episode <laughs>